Welcome to the 91st Minute. I'm Tom Hayes and joined with me as always is Ryan Shop. Ahoy! How you going this week? Let's crack on. Let's crack on. Well, yeah, we, you'll find out why uh, Shoppy is like that uh, soon enough. Um, but yeah, fair bit to go in the rundown today. Uh, two match weeks of the Premier League to talk about and then... Um, We'll talk about the upcoming fixtures with the last day of the Champions League and uh, Match Week 16 as well as the end of Match Week 15 of the Premier League. And then we've got some more transfer rumours as well um, coming from one of the notes in the rundown. So we'll get to everything, hopefully swiftly, um, but we'll get straight into the rundown. This week on The Rundown, on Tuesday, Ralph Ragnick was appointed as Manchester United's interim manager until the end of the season. Uh, in this deal, he also had a has a two-year additional as an advisor, um, a football advisor, I think. It's like a consultancy yeah, role. Yeah, um, at the club. Um, so he, he's not just, you know, in for six months and out. Um, he did mention in his interview that he was actually approached by Chelsea um, when they sacked Frank Lampard, but um, they were only offering him a four-month interim gig. You, you know what he also said as well? They said if... Because it's a two-year deal all up, mm. so he's got till the end of this year and then the whole next season. So it's like 18 months, basically. Yep. He said that if they did offer him the permanent job after this role, that he would take it too. Or that like he could put him put his hat in the ring um, yeah. um, if he was to take it. I but. don't think that would be the right thing to do just because of their track record with making interims managers <laughs> hasn't gone well. Oh, that's a, a, a sort of irrelevant. But if he's the right man at the time, you'd, it'd be hard to pass him up. Yeah, I, I still think he's better as a director and be- better behind the scenes and he has a bit more of an impact than a man manager. But, but yeah. well, even yeah. if, if he doesn't decide to become the next manager or if they don't want him, uh, he he'll will have there. yeah he will yep. have a choice particularly of who the next manager could be. So yeah. Yep. Uh, moving on. Also on Tuesday, Lionel Messi was awarded his seventh Ballon d'Or, breaking his record of six. Um, Alexia Pateas won her first Ballon d'Or. Um, which I believe is the first time it's actually been called, or the second time it's been called the Ballon d'Or for women. Yeah. Um, well, Hedry, they actually they actually said that it's not that it's not called like a women's Ballon d'Or. No, no, it's just there's two Ballon d'Ors awarded yeah. that night. Yeah, which I think which I think's cool. cool. Yeah. Um, the next is uh, Pedri claimed his Copper Trophy, um, but basically because he won the Golden Boy. Yeah. Best under twenty one player. He won. He was head and shoulders, but we'll get to that in a second. And Gianluigi Donnarumma was awarded the Yashin Trophy, the mm-hmm. Ballon d'Or for keepers. Um, yeah, <laughs> it does seem that way. So we'll start with that. Um, there's no voting for the Yashin Trophy, so I'm not sure how it's actually awarded. Um, but on every every website, I tried looking for how it's been, but I have no idea. Um, but yeah, he's number one. Edouard Mendy, Chelsea's goalkeeper, in number two on the Champions League uh, with Chelsea. Didn't oh, Senegal? I don't know what Senegal are doing in there, but he, is. he won the Super Cup as well. Yeah, he won the Super Cup. Uh, Jan Oblak, number three. He's been up there for the last few years as well. Edison, Manuel Neuer, Emiliano Martinez, Kasper Schmeichel, Thibaut Courtois, Kayla Navas, and Samir Handanovic round out the top ten there. Um, but yeah, I think 
Donnarumma deserved it, absolutely. Mainly for his uh, role in Italy's uh, Euro-winning team. I think yeah. he was player... Was he player of the tournament? Yeah. I think he was, yeah, uh, which he was. is very outstanding for a goalkeeper. Uh, but yeah, he's a, he's a wall. I think he has a 50% penalty save rate, which is... <laughs> firstly, how do you... Pretty stepping good. up against him, you've got a 50% chance of scoring or not. Well, probably not me and you, but a professional player would have a one in two chance of scoring, which is nuts when penalties should probably have a better percentage of that. Mm. Um, but yeah, he's not having the best time at PSG, I would say. He's not getting the game time. He probably yeah, still, thought he still was. Still early, do- early doors there. Yeah. Um, same with Lionel Messi um, at PSG. Anyway, uh, moving on. I don't know if you want to talk about the... Are we going backwards? Yeah, well, no, the Copa Trophy. I mean, Pedri, so we've got the points for this one, uh, for the top 10. Pedri on top, Jude Bellingham of Borussia Dortmund in England, Jamal Musiala, uh, Nuno Mendes, Mason Greenwood, Bakaya Saka, Florian Wirtz, uh, Ryan Gravenberch, Jeremy Doku, and Giovanni Reina. Um, Rounding out the top 10, Pedri won with 89 points, Jude Bellingham was second on 39, uh, Musiala was on third with 38 but yeah as you can tell won by 50 points um what got to the uh, you won a medal at the olympics mm-hmm. played every minute for spain in Did the, win the gold medal Did spain win the gold was it a gold medal i know he won a no, medal no no spain didn't win won. the gold I... he won a medal someone like i can't yeah. remember but he did win a medal um and yeah obviously playing for barcelona and spain as well um so yeah, and didn't they uh, Spain? No, never mind. <laughs> uh, Jude Bellingham also the arrest uh, still outstanding players nonetheless. A lot of England talent in there as well as Germany. Um, Jeremy Doku was an interesting one. I think he he played a fair bit for Belgium in the Euros as well. Probably deserved that one point, but yeah. <laughs> mm. Anyway, moving on to the Ballon d'Or. Uh, results. We'll start off with the women. Uh, as you said, Alexia Bateas, uh, head and shoulders above the rest. 186 points. FC Barcelona and Spain uh, killed it. I think she won every trophy that was available to her yep. that season uh, and played a crucial role for her team. Her Spanish and Barcelona teammate, Jennifer Hermoso, came second with 84 points. And then our girl, Sam Kerr, came third with 46 uh, with her efforts for Chelsea and Australia. And then after that, well, she came equal fourth, I suppose, but got the podium. Uh, Vivienne Maidema from Arsenal and the Netherlands, also 46 points. Um, but yeah, after that, well, I suppose after the first two, it goes 40-30 down to uh, Wendy Renard, who I believe was up there a few years ago um, with the Ballon d'Or, um, who come 20th. But yeah, again, trophies. Trophies are the currency. Yeah, it seems to be that um, that way. Anyway, moving on to the men's um, who have... So the women's was narrowed down to 20. I believe the men's was narrowed down to 30, and they narrowed it down on the night after each award uh, was given. Um, but yeah, we'll start at the bottom. Luka Modric and Cesar Piliqueta were tied for 29th. Didn't get any votes. Jared uh, Moreno, Ruben Diaz, and Nicolo Barella tied 26th uh, with one point. 
Phil Foden got 25th with two points, which I thought was pretty rough uh, considering uh, the effort he had for Man City and England um, and his age as well. Uh, he did fall to Pedri. Pedri was 24th with three points. Harry Kane, weirdly enough, was 23rd with four points. I don't know what he did of significance <laughs> the whole season, the whole year. I mean, maybe at the start of the year last yeah. season. Yeah, maybe. Scored a couple goals for England, but mm. uh, anyway. Latara Martinez and Bruno Fernandes, uh, 21st each on six points. Uh, into the top 20, Riyad Mahrez and Mason Mount, uh, 19th each. Luis Suarez, Simon Kier, uh, eighth, eight points each, uh, as in 17th position. Neymar, 16th on nine points. So we're up to That's the... That's crazy that he's 16th. We're up to the... Considering he played bugger all and he's injured now again for at least eight weeks, I think it was. It's the name. Nay. But I saw a thing as well before we get into the top 15. The people voting on these things come from if some weird places. Like... Mm. I, it's pretty broad, though. It's uh, how many countries is it? I think it's like a hundred and hundred and eighty countries or something. Most, yeah. Yeah, um, and yeah, there's some people like I looked up one of them, or someone I saw on Twitter. Someone looked up like one of the journalists that was on there, and like it was from some weird, <laughs> we can't. I'm not gonna say weird country, but it was from some like out there country in Europe. Yeah, but. Yeah. And like the all the all the articles that he'd like written or something, it was like this massive thing. It's like he, all he does is like opinion, or like he's based on uh, on this country or some player or something. Um, but yeah, and the, I'm sure there'll be more than one of them in like 190 people. Mm. Anyhow, uh, top 15, uh, Raheem Sterling with 10 points or 10 votes, I should say. Uh, 14th, Leonardo Bonucci, a Euro winning centre back. He's Teammate Giorgio Chiellini, 26 points, uh, equal 12th with Romelu Lukaku, also 26 points. Uh, Erling Haaland, just outside the top 10, 33 votes. And now the top 10, uh, Gianluigi Donnarumma, uh, 36 points. I keep saying points, votes. Um, Kylian Mbappe, 9th, 58 votes. Kevin De Bruyne, 8th, 73 points. Um, Now into the 100s. Mohamed Salah, 121 votes in 7th. Ronaldo, 178 votes in 6th. N'Golo Kante, 186 votes in 5th. We'll talk about top 5, I suppose. Kante, what did he win? Super Cup, Mm -hmm. the Champions League, the uh, Nations League with France. Um, That's about it, I suppose, when it comes to trophies. But obviously a very integral player in all of his teams that he plays for. Number four, Karim Benzema had an insane start to this season, uh, won the Nations League with France. Real Madrid, I'm not sure how successful they were last year. I can't really remember. Uh, 239 votes he got. Third was Jorginho, only player to win uh, trophy or major trophies with both club and country, um, winning the Euros with Italy, Champions League Super Cup with Chelsea, um, and then the final two, Robert Lewandowski, I should say, Georgina had 460 votes. So almost double Karim Benzema. Um, second was obviously Robert Lewandowski, 580 votes by Munich. Won every, except for the DFB Pokal. They were knocked out very, very early in that one, as they have they done again this season. They won, 
their version of the, the community shield the league and their league cup i think yeah that's right but, yeah i mean i don't think that's impressive but that's all right that's another thing just because <laughs> it's Poland, not obviously they they didn't progress like they didn't do that well in the champions league by munich yeah and then when if you look at Poland, they've done nothing Poland, but yeah yeah um so if you're looking at trophies i think like if if a team wins the FA Cup, I don't think that's counted as the same. If that makes sense, like the the FA Cup, I think is worth more than say the DFB Pokal. I'd say it held the same weight. Okay, yeah, but I mean, if you have a Champions League in a league, that's more impressive. If it's for a, an award like this, yeah. If it was just in, in England, I thought then it would be, but for an award because like this, because if you this, say you've where... won the the Community Shield, that doesn't really. That counts, but it doesn't. Yeah. For something like this. But yeah. Well, we can compare the pair anyway. Uh, Lionel Messi obviously come first, as you said. Uh, 33 votes more than Robert Lewandowski. Uh, now at PSG was formerly Barcelona. They mm. won the League Cup. Mm. Um, that's all he won at Barcelona. And then yep. he won, the, obviously, the Copa America with Argentina. Um, but yeah, 33 votes clear of him. Seventh, Ballon d'Or. Firstly, undisputed now. That he is the individually the best player that has existed. Well, he was last time he won the Ballon d'Or as well, but yeah. now he's clear. I think um, even I think even yeah clear, but I think I think um, they did a thing where they redistributed some because um, only European players could win it for so long, and uh, I think Pele won seven, but like when it was re when it wasn't the Ballon d'Or. Yeah, no, no, when it was still the Ballon d'Or, but like. When he w- he couldn't win it, in his yeah, he time wasn't because, legible for it. Yep, yeah, yep, he yep. wasn't European. Same um, for like Maradona and stuff. He wasn't legible. For yeah, it. Um, so they did it like that. Um, but I still even think if they're matched, I still think Messi's. Yeah, I, th- I think you can't dispute just because of the competition around him. Um, I don't <laughs> look. Who knows if he goes on a cracker and he wins another one? I, I, w- I wouldn't put it past him. Well, I'd say, neither would I. Especially I would he's say playing Ronaldo for PSG. Won't he's win playing another for PSG. One. He could win the Champions League again this season. I can't see Ronaldo winning another one. That's, I uh, did nah. No. Well, mainly I could say I can see PSG winning more trophies than Man United. Yeah, and as we said before, trophies are a big currency. If, in well, this so thing. just have a think. The World Cup won't come around in time. Nah, the, as we said, I think last week we mm. said the Ballon d'Or. I don't know if they'll delay it because of the World Cup, but as of how they've done it in the last but just, seasons, just it'll be in think, the middle of the World Cup. They're gonna win the league in France. No problem. That'll happen. Yeah. He wins the Champions League with PSG in his first season. And Could he, happen. And he, say, puts in a good rung after Christmas, which is very possible yeah. once he gets into the team. Possible. So that He's been in the team. He's put up more assists than goals, I think. Yeah, but like when one. he's... Like, it takes a while because he hasn't been... Anyway. And then next year, if, or if he wins the World Cup with Argentina, he wins another one. No matter yeah. what they do. He wins the World Cup with Argentina. Yeah, he'll they... win another one. So he could get nine. Eight, you mean? Nine, because the World Cup's after, so that'll count as. Well, the next... I don't know. I don't know when they're gonna put this. I, I haven't heard. Unless they put it back, that they could put it back. Yeah. Then he'll definitely. Yeah, if they win the champ, if he yeah. wins, the, there would be no dispute as well. Like, even yeah. if Lewandowski was to score a hundred goals. And win, Bundesliga. Yeah. See, that's the thing. <sighs> I'm not gonna say. I'm because not gonna the keep thing going is, it's not it's not purely statistical, which is, you know, 
Well, I, I saw a thing. If it had been statistical, like most goals and assists every season, mm. Messi would have nine Ballon d'Ors. Mm. So, so that's also another thing to consider. Yeah. Because a lot of the times when Ronaldo won, Messi had a better season. Yeah, when Ronaldo... But he just didn't win the Champions ones League where Ronaldo five won. times or whatever it was. Yeah. The two that Messi wouldn't have won, mm. so he's now in seven, uh, were the seasons Ronaldo won the treble at Real Madrid mm. and won La Decima, I think. Yeah. So those seasons. So he's the champ- Won the Champions League those seasons. Yeah. So, so yeah, I think a lot of it does come down to trophies. Um, as I think you can see, Jorginho won every trophy. Well, pretty much every trophy, except for the Premier League, the FA Cup. But all those other, the big trophies he won. Um, yeah, what Huh? No, I want him out. <laughs> we'll get to that in a, in a second. But, yeah, I've got a yes or no for you. I think you know what I'm going to ask you because yeah. I we talked about it last night. If Messi did not win the Copa America, would he have still won the Ballon d'Or? And as you said before, if <laughs> with Lewandowski you said, oh, his trophies weren't as impressive. Mm. Take out the Copa America, Messi's only won one league trophy. And not even the league, it was a league cup. No, I don't... I, I don't think he would have lost it. I think they could have drawn. All right, take out Copa America from... Oh, <laughs> drawn. Mm. Take the Copa America out of the whole thing. What's Messi's highlight of the season? Oh, the, the, of the year. Well, the, the rest of the season at Barcelona was fantastic. Yeah, but then that, again, that's just purely statistical. Lewandowski had a better season, then. Yeah, but oh, it's not purely statistical when you watch him play. It's it's something different than Lewandowski. Lewandowski... He's prolific. He's a prolific goal scorer, but he sits there and he scores goals. Like, he job. hangs at the front. He waits for his top-tier um, assisters. Like, the, the team that Bayern Munich have compared to the team Barcelona have... At, at, at the, the moment, at, oh, that, at that time. time, yeah, yeah. The Barcelona are running out with you know under twenty ones and shit, and Messi could still put in very good performances. And Lewandowski's got like an oiled machine that just a, apply him with the ball to score goals. Yeah, have a look at how many he's missed as well. I know it's hard, but he's missed <laughs> it's not quite something a lot. you really look at. But yeah, um, but yeah, he's a very good goal scorer. Not arguing that. And if there was a Golden boot, he obviously wins, obviously. Well, oh, I think we should mention that also. Oh, well, you go, I'll mention it. But uh, it's not all about, like, the ball and doors is not about goals. It's about, it's about something that you can't also It's describe. about trophies. <laughs> yeah, but it's also about the beauty of the game. It's not necessarily about statistics, which I think I like. But, yeah. But then that's why it's always subject- subjective. And it's good that it is, because if it was just objective, it'd be pretty boring. So, would he have won it or not? No. Okay. <laughs> but it would have still been close. Um, yeah, so the other thing I'll quickly mention before, I guess, we move on to the other news in the rundown. We're already 20 minutes in. Mm. Um, there was two bonus awards mm. given out. There was Best Club, which went to Chelsea because they had the most nominees across their men's and women's uh, thing. They also won the most trophies, I believe, out of all the clubs uh, that were there. Um and there was the Best Striker Award, which Lewandowski did get, as you were sort of hinting at before. Which I think, if Lewandowski was going to win, I don't think they would have had a Best Striker Award. I feel like it was like a consolation for missing out last season that they had to give him this award. You know what I mean? 
Yeah. How um, many goals has he scored this year? This whole year? Mm. It's it's over 60. Well, he's not going to get to 91, is he? No. God, no. Doubt. But he can do that. I'll be impressed. Unless he scores 30 goals in the next five games. <laughs> Don't think it's possible. Because, um, yeah. Well, yeah, that was nuts. That was nuts. But, yeah. Um, do you want to talk about the rest of the shit? In the oh, yeah. Because we've right. still uh, got stuff to Moving go. on. On Wednesday, England defeated Latvia 20 to nil in the Women's World Cup qualifying, smashing their previous record of 13 to nil. Um, and I believe there were three different hat-trick scorers. Yeah. Oh, wait, I've got some. Uh, I've got some stats here. I don't have the goal scores or anything, but for, I think um, I can't remember who the England manager is at the moment for the women's team. But they complained about the um, level of competition, mm. and I thought for a second I thought this was a friendly. This is a World Cup qualifying game, so I don't think you can complain because they smashed them. They had Serena Vagman. Yeah, she. Uh, was not very happy, but the possession was 86 to 14 across 90 minutes. This is six, it be worse. 63 shots to zero. 30 of those shots, conversion. 30 of those shots were on target and they scored 20 of them. <laughs> I, I did watch the highlights and I was thinking that this, I don't know if this team, it was about a goal every Latvia four team. minutes. <laughs> so. If Latvia qualify for the world cup, then <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to think of something outrageous I could do, but there's no way. It wouldn't. No, are you sure it was World Cup qualifier? It was a qualifier. Yeah. When's the their World Cup's not until 2023, isn't it? Still qualifiers in between. Early. Oh, okay. Yeah. I suppose they've started them. Um. Anyway, that was yeah pretty interesting to see. On Sunday, RB Leipzig sacked their manager Jesse Marsh after only beginning at the start of the season. Um. Pretty. Pretty lackluster team yeah. at this stage. They've got such a good team as well, which is unfortunate. And I think, um, where are they? 11th, you said, in the league. Um, crashing out of the Champions League as well. I think they'll they'll be fighting for a spot in the Europa League uh, tomorrow. Or not tomorrow, the day after. But, yeah, things aren't right at Leipzig. Yep. Um, but, on the other side, um, of... The channel on Monday, Chelsea won the Women's FA Cup, uh, completing the domestic quadruple, um, which is pretty impressive, um, defeating Arsenal's team three goals to nil. Uh, Sam Kerr scored two of those goals. Um, dink the keeper. Yep, play of the match. She dinked the keeper in one of them. Yeah. Pretty good. Um, so, yeah, very good for them, winning more trophies. Um, Chelsea Club of the Year again. I mean... Oh. This is 2021, so will it count? This is the thing I don't like with the Ballon d'Or. I don't know. Anyway. Does anything uh, from now to January count in next year's Ballon d'Or? I don't know. Because imagine, like, someone scored. Like, imagine Lewandowski goes and scores. If he scores 30 goals. 30 goals, and they don't count. In five matches. <laughs> anyway, um, that's all for the rundown this week. Uh, we'll move on to some of the results and hopefully get through them pretty quickly. Alrighty, so this week uh, in the Premier League, we had match week 14 and most of match week 15. We've still got one more game to play uh, tomorrow morning, so this episode will already be out by then. Uh, we'll start off with match week 14. 
Newcastle and Norwich played out a 1-1 draw. Uh, Newcastle went down to 10 men very early on. This was um, Eddie Howe's first game on the touchline, we should mention. Um, but yeah, they did. They managed to scrape out a draw. They almost went on to win. Uh, New Norwich got a late, late equaliser with Timu Puki. Um, but at this stage, Newcastle were the fourth team in Premier League history to have not won a match after 14 games in the campaign. Norwich remained undefeated under Dean Smith at this stage. We are having a thunderstorm right now. Yeah. Hopefully you can't hear that. Um, moving on. Leeds defeated Crystal Palace 1-0. Injury time penalty for Leeds after Hamble in the box. Uh, the difference in that game. I saw a funny thing about this game. Um, some Crystal Palace um, fan travelled to Leeds for it and wrote like this massive review. I'll, I'll leave a link for it. I'll send it to you after. I was actually having in stitches because he like reviewed like the hotel he stayed at, the bars he went to, and then like summed it all up. It was pretty funny. Um, Chelsea defeated Watford 2-1 um, at Vicarage Road. The match was stopped after about 15 minutes for an amended call emergency in the crowd. Um, but yeah, Chelsea managed to escape there with three points to stay top of the Premier League <laughs> for the time being. Uh, West Ham and Brighton played out a 1-1 draw. Neil Mope uh, saved a point with an 89th-minute equaliser. It's not the only point he saved this week. Um, Wolves and Burnley played out a nil-all draw. Nothing really major to speak there. Southampton and Leicester played a 2-2 draw. There was another medical emergency in the crowd, which caused uh, an elongated half-time break. And then the match resumed about 15, 20 minutes later than usual. Liverpool beat Everton 4-1 at Goodison. Salah scored a brace. Um, Liverpool now have more Merseyside derby wins at Goodison Park than Everton, 41-40. Uh, Man City beat Villa 2-1 at Villa Park. Bernardo Silva absolutely on fire at the moment, scored a really good volley. Jack Grealish was also booed by Villa fans, some Villa fans, I should say, um, which was rather unexpected, I should say. Um, and Tottenham beat Brentford 2-0. Final game of the week was uh, one of the highlighted ones. Man United defeating Arsenal 3-2. Um, Emil Smith-Rowe got the game started with a very unusual goal. Uh, De Gea was stepped on by Fred and then went down. Um, and as he went down, Emil Smith-Rowe volleyed the ball from outside the box and it went in. The ref didn't call the foul, well, proposed foul, until after the ball had been in the goal, so... Once VAR checked it and realised it was Fred, that then it counted as a goal. Um, hence the unusualness of that <laughs> of that goal. Uh, Bruno Fernandes scored his first goal in 16 matches to equal the match before half-time. Ronaldo scored his 800th goal for club and country, the first player to officially uh, reach that feat. Um, yeah. Odegaard with the equaliser soon after um, and then set up a, a really nice finish. Ronaldo scored a penalty. Uh, he's 801st goal. Um, 801st. Huh? 801st. That's what I said. Is that 800? Um, uh. <coughs> Odegaard, I believe it was, made contact with Fred in the box. Now, Fred hit a real turning point after standing on De Gea's foot. After this, we'll talk about that in the next match week. Um, but yeah, it was Man United's first win at home in the Premier League since September 12, which was match week four. 
So mm. 10 weeks essentially without, or 10 match weeks essentially without a win at home. Not that they play every game at home, but same thing. Uh, Arsenal have so far failed their two big tests, those being uh, Liverpool and Man United. Haven't been able to beat anyone really higher than that. Um, although this was closer and they're both away games, they still would hope to be in these games, um, even though the penalty uh, could have been avoided or they did kind of get lucky with the Smith Rowe goal. I think it was even at the, at the end of that game. Michael Carrick left Man United after this match, didn't return to his original job, completely left the club um, as Ralph Ragnick uh, took the reins after this fixture. He couldn't take Matt, he couldn't take charge of this fixture because his work permit was not accepted, um, but it has been now, and he obviously took charge of their next game. Moving on to match week 15, kicking things off with Shoppy's uh, favourite game of the match week. West Ham 3, Chelsea 2. Thiago Silva got the things started off with a header in the 28th minute. Manuel Lanzini... Uh, scored a penalty in the 40th minute after Jorginho uh, put Edouard Mendy in a really shit situation, causing him to foul Lanzini. Oh, who did he foul? Antonio, I think it might have been. Uh, in the box, Lanzini converted. Mason Mount scored a good volley uh, just before halftime uh, to settle their nerves. Beautiful. Very good Beautiful volley. volley. Um, Jared Bowen scored a darting, curling, really good goal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, to equalise in the 56th minute. And from there, it was pretty much mostly West Ham. Uh, and then Masawaku with the cross shot, something from not where you're meant to score goals from, uh, to put West Ham 3-2 up. As I said, Chelsea dominated that first half. Uh, West Ham, I wouldn't say dominated, but had the majority of the chances in the second half. Um, so this allowed... City and Liverpool, who played hours later to leapfrog them in the table, which we will mention in a second. But still very tight. Um, but yeah, West Ham, I want to talk about, have now defeated Chelsea, Man City, Liverpool, Man United, Tottenham and Leicester all this season. I think that's across... Yeah, they're going to win the league. Across the Premier League and the Carabao Cup, they've won all those teams. Against all of those teams, which I think is pretty impressive. We'll get the last laugh when Declan Rice comes to Chelsea. <laughs> if, that's, if that's what you want. Uh, Newcastle got their first win of the season against Burnley, uh, winning 1-0. They move out of last into 19th. Norwich now slot back How into last. How good is that? How good is that? Uh, Liverpool it. beat Wolves uh, 1-0 at the Molyneux. Divock Origi, Just. Lord and Just. saviour. Did it again. Against Two Wolves. years after he they did it against Everton. Against Wolves. Yeah. Uh, Diogo like Jota. West Ham. <laughs> Diogo Jota missed one of the easiest chances, I think. Goalkeeper wasn't in the goal. There was two plays in the goal and he hit them both. <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, thought it was 10-pin uh, bowling. But I did tell you last week, Wolves know how to keep... Uh, Keep teams from scoring, um, and I'm, I'm willing to see what they're able to do against City next week. Um, so Liverpool went top of the league momentarily. Uh, Southampton and Brighton drew 1-1. Neil Mope scored his second equaliser of the week um, in the 98th minute. This one, <laughs> that one went really far into extra time. 
Then Man City beat Watford. Bernardo Silva again on top of his game. They go top of the league. Um, so now I believe it goes City, Liverpool, Chelsea, all within two points of each other, which is nuts. Uh, hopefully that can give us some entertainment throughout the year. Leeds and Brentford uh, played at a 2-2 draw. Uh, the last play of the game, Ilya Melier, their goalkeeper, Leeds goalkeeper, went forward for the corner um, in the 95th minute. And he almost scored. No, he didn't. But uh, Patrick Bamford did score. Um, so they were able to equalise that match, even though he had no uh, no part in that goal. Bam! Bam, Ford. I don't know what that means. Uh, <laughs> Man United beat Palace 1-0 in Ralph's first game in charge. Fred scored the winner, um, and they kept the clean sheet at home. Two wins at home. What is you? Is that United? No. Two wins at home in a row. Um, so, yeah. That's Fred's good omen, just stepping on his team, his teammates' feet, injuring him momentarily, has uh, turned him into some sort of scoring defensive midfielder. Um, Tottenham defeated Norwich 3-0. Son Heung-min and Lucas Moura uh, playing their part in that one. And Villa defeated Leicester 2-1. And Steven Gerrard's Aston Villa are now up into the top half of the Premier League. And that was all we had that week. Course. Now, we'll move on to the games this week, uh, the fixtures and tipping. This week, we have the rest of Premier League Match Week 15 to go through, as well as Champions League Match Day 6 and some of Premier League Match Week 16. Uh, so, to kick things off, on Tuesday, December the 7th at 7am, is Everton taking on Arsenal at Goodison Park. And I think that... Arsenal will win two goals to nil. So exact same. Um, I can't wait. I'm going to watch that one too. Moving on to the Champions League match day six, the last match day of the group stage, day. Um, which is sure to be a spicy one. Uh, the first day of the match day is Wednesday, um, December the 8th. There are two matches at 4.45am, uh, both Group A matches. The first one is between RB Leipzig and Manchester City at the Red Bull Arena in Leipzig. And I think Man City will win three goals to nil. Good so thing we're not doing, doing that, scores. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> um, yeah, Man City. Um, yeah, also Man City for me. Um, yeah, we should mention that in Group A. Actually, do the next game then. Yeah, uh, the next match is also a Group A match, as I mentioned. Um, it's between PSG and Club Bruges at the Parc des Princes in Paris. And I think Paris will win. Yes, same. Um, so, yeah, Group A, uh, basically City and PSG are already locked in number one and two in their positions as well. PSG can no longer get number one. Um, but, however, the Europa League spot in uh, number three is still up for grabs. So if Bruges uh, can get points against PSG and Leipzig lose, uh, Bruges can then go third if they both lose. Leipzig goes through if they both get points. Leipzig, if they both draw, Leipzig goes through. So they're at the top at the moment. They've been on five now. So, um, yeah, that's basically uh, the, the conversation there. Moving on to the Wednesday fixtures at 7 a.m. The first is a Group B match between AC Milan and Liverpool at the San Siro. Mm. And I think that AC Milan will win. It's a possibility. Um, but I've gone Liverpool. Now, the thing is with this one... <laughs> There's more to play. If uh, AC Milan do win... Oh, wait, I'm jumping the gun. 
talk about the other Group B. Uh, the next Group B match is FC Porto taking on Atletico Madrid yeah. at the Estadio de Drago in Porto, and I think that Porto will win. Oh, I've yeah, I've gone Porto as well. Now, Group B, uh, Liverpool through. If Porto beat Atletico Madrid, they go through. Uh, if Porto draw um, and Milan lose, they go through. If Porto draw and Milan win, uh, Milan go through. <laughs> if Atletico win and Porto well, obviously lose. If Atletico win and Milan lose, Atletico goes through. Um, if Atletico draw, that won't be enough. So, yeah, I think that's all the bases covered there. Yep. Yep. Uh, moving on to a Group C match between Dortmund and Besiktas at the Signal Aduna Park. And I think Dortmund will win. Yeah, Erling Haaland's back. Uh, the next match is also a Group C match um, between Ajax and Sporting, or Sporting Club de Portugal, uh, at Johan Cruyff uh, Stadium or Arena. And I think that... It will be a draw. I think Ajax go six from six. Um, that group is finalised as well, so yeah. Yep. Uh, the next match is a Group D match between Shakhtar Donetsk and Sheriff. Now, this could be an interesting one. Um, it's taking place um, at... At Shakhtar Donetsk. Shakhtar Donetsk Stadium. <laughs> I don't know their stadium. Which isn't loading, I it's not anyway um, but I think Sheriff will win I've gone with a draw um, this game means absolutely the nothing Metalist Stadium yeah this game means nothing in the context of the group Sheriff already qualified for Europa League uh, Schechter haven't won a game yet so the next game is the one that matters yeah the next game is a group D match also between Real Madrid and Inter Milan at the uh, Santiago Bernabeu. I'm going to say it's going to be draw. Okay, I've gone Real Madrid. And if either of those options happen, Real Madrid finish top of the group. Mm. Uh, if Inter win, Inter go top of the group. And that's basically all that needs to be said there. Uh, next, we move on to the Thursday fixtures on Thursday, December the 9th. Uh, at, there are two matches at 4.45 a.m., both Group H matches. The first is between Juventus and Malmo at the Allianz uh, Arena or Stadium in Turin. And I think that Juventus should win comfortably. Yep. I've also gone Juventus. Uh, the next match, as I said, also a Group H match between Zenit St. Petersburg and Chelsea at the uh, St. Petersburg Stadium. Um, and I think... I'm going to predict that Zenit will win. Yeah, I've Chelsea should win this as well. If Chelsea and Juventus both win, uh, Chelsea will then finish top of the group as they beat Juventus by more than Juventus beat them the first time round. Uh, if Malmo win and Zenit lose, Malmo still would finish bottom of the group. So I think Zenit actually have third place locked in. Um, but yeah, if either of Chelsea and Juventus drop points and the other one managed to get to the point... Uh, more points, then they go top of the group. Very good. Moving on, there are six matches uh, at 7am on Thursday, December the 9th. The first of which is uh, a highlighted match uh, between Bayern Munich and Barcelona. Um, 
Now, uh, it takes place at um, the Munich Stadium. I Allianz Arena. Well, official name. Yeah. Sponsored name, Allianz Arena. Um, I think Barcelona will win, just because they have to. Um, but I'm not sure Bayern will put up a lot of a fight, because they're already, already qualified top. Um, I reckon they will. Yeah, I just gonna I just can imagine them playing a weaker team, but they could have played the weaker team last week or last match mate. I don't think they did either. I think they'll go full strength Champions League. You yeah. always go full strength for Champions League. Um so you're going Barca, mm. I'm going Bayern. Uh talk about the next game and then we'll see what that group needs to Yeah. Uh, also another group E match, um, between Benfica and Dinamo Kiev at the Estadio de Sport Lisboa at Benfica in Lisbon. I think it's going to be a draw. Okay. I've gone Benfica at home. Um, so, the way the group looks at the moment, Bayern through 15 points, top of the group. Barcelona is second on seven points. Benfica third, five points. Dinamo Kiev knocked out. So, if Benfica win, which is the more likely option, um, they will then jump Barcelona into second. If Barcelona can draw uh, to Benfica. Actually, I'm not sure about the results. Barcelona drew and beat Benfica. So if Barcelona draw at Bayern, they are through, I believe. Yeah. Uh, however, a win uh, would make it a lot more comfortable as Benfica could draw against Dynamo Kiev. So I'd say... Whoever wins out of those two goes through. If uh, I'd say at this stage it looked very, very unlikely Barcelona go mm. through, if I'm honest. Yeah. Moving on, uh, Manchester United, also a Group F match, uh, take on uh, BSC Young Boys at Old Trafford. Um, I think Young Boys will win. They <laughs> beat them last time, so can't say why not. No, but I'm going United at home. Two in a row at home. They'll make it three in a row probably. Uh, next, also a Group F match between Atalanta and Villarreal mm. at the G. Wiss Stadium. Um, yep. I think... <sighs> I think Villarreal will win. This is a big game. Mm-hmm. Um, I've gone Atalanta. Um, and now the way this group is, United have already qualified uh, top of that group regardless of any other result. Young boys are currently fourth. Um, I don't believe they can qualify as... They haven't beaten Atalanta or Villarreal uh, on aggregate. Um, so that means it's between Villarreal and Atalanta for the final spot. And it comes down to basically whoever wins that. If it's a draw, Villarreal go through. If Villarreal win, they comfortably go through. If Atalanta win, they'll leapfrog them. So, yeah. um, moving on. on oh, Actually, sorry. I should also mention if Atalanta lose and Young Boys uh, defeat Man United, Young Boys go through Europa League. Uh, next is the two Group G matches. Um, but the first line is between Wolfsburg and Lille, um, taking place at the Volkswagen Arena. Um, I think that Wolfsburg, I think their luck might come back. Probably not at the right time, but I think um, I think Wolfsburg will win. If they do win, it could come at the right time, but I've gone with a draw. Um, Lille just seem stronger, in my opinion, but you never know. So, yeah, Wolfsburg for you. I've gone with a draw. 
The next and the last match of the group stage is between RB Salzburg and Sevilla at the Red Bull Arena in Salzburg. Now, I think Sevilla will win. Well, I've gone another draw. Now, this group's the, mo- the most difficult in the in the competition at the moment. So, basically, any team can still qualify, I believe. There's Lille first on eight points, Salzburg second on seven points, Sevilla third on six points, and Wolfsburg fourth on five points. So, if Wolfsburg win against Lille, they go to eight points. And if Sevilla win... Wait... <laughs> This is giving me a headache already. So if Wolfsburg win, they go eight points. Obviously, Lille cannot go any higher. Uh, but Lille beat Wolfsburg, I think, in the other fixture. Can you fact-check these for me? <laughs> Lille uh, and Wolfsburg will then be tied on eight points. But then if Sevilla and Salzburg draw, or if Sevilla wins, uh, it'll push one of Lille or Wolfsburg out. Um, it'll definitely push Salzburg out. Um, so Sevilla basically have to beat Salzburg to uh, trump them. I think if they draw, they will be tied. Um, but yeah, well, every team's still a possibility to qualify in this group uh, is what I'm trying to say here. I think it's it's Salzburg's to lose. They had the best start and they haven't been able to play that through all the way through, um, which is unfortunate for them. But if they can make the round of 16 and Leipzig don't, that'll be something to look at I think um, but yeah Sevilla haven't been the best I don't think uh, Lille probably the best uh, now we move on to Premier League match week 16 the first match is on Saturday December the 11th at 7am between Brentford and Watford at the Brentford Community Stadium I think that it will be a 1-1 draw Brentford 3-1. That fortress in Brentford. Mm, Supposed. Moving on to the next match, which is on Saturday, December the 11th at 11.30pm, between Manchester City and Wolves, uh, or Wolverhampton Wanderers is their full name, uh, at the empty Etihad. Um, I think there will be a nil-nil draw. It's a possibility, but... I've gone 2-0 City. And because Wolves aren't at home and City potentially a little bit more threatening than Liverpool. So put those two together. Might get a little bit more of a result. Yeah. Uh, next up, there are three matches to be played on the Sunday, December the 12th at 2am. The first of which is a highlighted match between Liverpool and Aston Villa. Um, this is important for a few reasons, um, or significant, I should say. Um, Steven Gerrard returns to Anfield for the first time for a long time, um, but as a manager of an opposition club. Um, I, I will be interested to see his reception. I don't think it'll be like how Jack Grealish will, was no, received no. at Villa Park, which I thought was pretty pretty shameful. Liverpool fans hold him higher than some of their parents. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty That's pretty high. Um <laughs> Then again, not everyone has great parents, but uh, I'm not in <laughs> that situation. Not um, but yeah, it's going to be interesting. I think Klopp, he knows, he, he worked under Klopp with the youth for a bit. He did the under-21s for and, a couple of seasons. Yeah, and, so I th- and he's been involved. So I think he knows how Klopp's going to play. Um, I don't think Klopp knows a lot of Gerard's style, which is probably an advantage. Um, I think it'll be an interesting game. 
I think Liverpool will concede, but I think they'll ultimately win okay. three goals to one. I've gone 2-1, a little bit more tighter. I'm worried about the momentum that Villa have at the moment. Mm. Um, I think the only game they've lost was against City, so... Yeah, who you knows? don't really know where to look, but... It'd be sure, certainly interesting. I'm excited to see just Gerald back at Anfield once before he kind of returns as manager in a few seasons. Yeah, well, <laughs> we'll see if that happens. Um, I think it might. Uh, moving on to the next match, which is between Chelsea and Leeds United at Stamford Bridge. Um, well, I'm going to tip zero, uh, nil, one nil to Leeds. Okay, <laughs> I'm going 4-1 Chelsea at home against Leaky Leeds in this one. Um, the next match is between Arsenal and Southampton at the Emirates, Emirates other airline. 1-0 um, to Arsenal. <laughs> Same, 1-0. I, again, I, couldn't, I don't know why I can't see them scoring more than that. Yeah. I could easily win that 3-0, I reckon, but... I'm not confident. Well, I don't think Smithrow might have three. I don't think Bamiang is going to score. Saka, Saka could score. He could, but I think I, I think leave it up to Smithrow. <laughs> um, moving on to another match on Sunday, December the twelfth, at four thirty a.m. Uh, between Norwich City and Manchester United at Carrow Road. Now, tough match this one for Ralph Ragnick. Um, <laughs> but I think Manchester United should win two goals to nil. I've gone two nil as well. Um, I think it's the, the the main thing here with Ragnick is like pressure's off. He knows he's got the job until the end of the year. He's got to just he try and put him in Norwich, the best position. Yeah, I mean, if he loses to Norwich, I mean, there may be what some are they effigies gonna, being burnt. What What would they say to that? I don't think he's been in the uh, job Maybe Ollie wasn't the problem. I don't know. I don't think he's... Yeah, I suppose. But I don't think he's been in the job long enough to nah, be criticised too losing much. Losing to Norwich would be... Even if they drew, it would be a lot of questions. They need a win. Yes, and To no. pick up the momentum. Anyway, we'll see. Uh, moving on. On Monday, December the 13th at 1am, there are three matches to be played. The first of which is Leicester City taking on Newcastle United at the King Power Stadium. I think Newcastle wins 1-0. Well, I've gone bold. Uh, I've gone two nil Leicester. Mm. I think Leicester need to pick me up. Uh, Newcastle. I mean, they did get their first win. Did you? I forgot. I think the how effects coming in. I think it's coming in, and yeah. they're gonna miraculously stay up, which seems like it would have to be a miracle. It would. And they'll build a statue of Hedy Howe if that happens. Other uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I still think it's quite funny to see the richest. It would be quite funny to see the richest club in the history of the planet and the history of football to be in the championship. Yeah. It would destroy their plans completely. Not completely, but it would set them back. Well, the, the money they could spend would be substantially lower. And... Legally. Yeah, well, that's... <laughs> obviously, I'm anyway. not going to try and break the rules, but... Um, yeah. Ben. It'd be so hard to try and lure players to play for a championship side. Regardless. Yeah. Regardless of any money they've got. But hopefully they're not in that situation. Well, they're going to spend big in general. Anyway, um, yeah. moving on to the next match, which is between Burnley and West Ham at Turf Moor. And I think West Ham wins four goals to nil. Uh, ooh. I haven't gone four nil. I went 3-1 West Ham at Turf Moor. 
Uh, moving on um, to Brighton taking on Tottenham Hotspur at the Amex. The Amex. Um, and I think Brighton wins 1-0. I am, yeah, for a Tottenham perspective, I'm not really confident. I've gone with a 1-1 draw. Harry Kane is a missing man right now. Well, he didn't want to play, so... He just, yeah. I don't know. I've expected more from him, but yeah, 1-1 draw, I think. Brian shows up for England. Sort of. <laughs> the Pogba. I mean, except for those, what, how many goals did he score in that friendly? Was it a friendly? It was a qualifier. Four goals, yeah. Um... Anyway, moving on to the last match uh, that we'll be talking about this week. Uh, it's on Monday, December the 13th at 3.30am. and takes place between Crystal Palace and Everton. Interesting. Um, at Selhurst Park. But I think hmm. Crystal Palace wins 2-0. I've gone 2-1 Palace. Everton, Everton have had shambles. a pretty poor run. Yeah. And Agent S- Rafa seems to be doing his job well. It's a smile on my face. Yeah, <laughs> he has been. Um, yeah, I'm pleased with their position. Anyway, uh, so the tipping currently stands at 144 to Tom and 115 to me. Gap is getting... It stayed the same. It was the same, yep. Uh, Anyway, now we'll move on to a few transfer whispers. Now it's time for transfer whispers. As we edge closer to the winter transfer window, we've got a few more rumours and we've actually got one uh, deal that's a little bit more advanced than the others. Um, so we'll kick things off there with Ferran Torres, who is reportedly or has reportedly accepted a new five-year deal with Barcelona, uh, which includes a lower salary than his Man City salary. Um, he hasn't been at Man City for very long, um, but Barcelona look like they're going to snap him up. Um, I guess we'll just have to wait and see the next uh, few weeks um, if they're going to sign their contracts there. Um, I'm not sure if he could leave at the end of this year or during the summer. I'm not too sure. Um, But that hasn't been discussed yet. It probably has been discussed, but moving on to the rumours this week. Um, As we saw, Ralph Ragnick uh, arrive at United. He has, uh, uh, I wouldn't say it's been leaked, but a lot of his targets have been uh, thrown into the public's hands. Uh, The first of which is Amadou Haidar, who's currently at RB Leipzig. who is a holding midfielder, uh, if you want to know that. He, Good with his hands. Yeah, he is his top target. He's a pressing holding midfielder, which would work perfectly um, yeah. in Ragnick's style, even though he probably won't be there after next season. Which is another thing I wanted to mention, is they're going to have to look at like for a manager. If he's setting them up... They've already got one. They want a manager that will play his style. <laughs> which doesn't really play style, but... Well, it's quite enough. Close enough, but yeah, uh, Amadou Haidara is his top target. Uh, moving on, Erling Haaland was one of them, which he would be on everyone's list, um, but he's reportedly going to try and convince him to join United. It's going to be hard so, when he's coming to Stamford Bridge, so I'd give know. it a rest. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's expected that pretty much every club in Europe is going to try and put their uh, hat in the ring for that one. Um, but I think he, they've, we're, sorry. He is reportedly going to talk to his agent uh, before the winter window because uh, I think he, oh, he's, uh, what's it called? His contract? Not his contract. His buyout clause runs out, expires at the end of the summer. Um, or it kicks in at the summer, I should say, the 75 mil. So if they want to offer money now, they can. Um, next on the list is Timo Werner. 
Uh, he wants to discuss a transfer for Werner. This is, again, for Ragnick and Man United. Uh, and if you remember correctly, Ragnick bought Werner to Leipzig when he was there as well. So he's already a big fan of him. I think it's the same goes for Haidara, or he wanted to bring Haidara in and it failed, and then he brought him in. They brought him in after he left. Um, so yeah, Werner's on the list as well. And the last one on his list this week is uh, Christopher and Kunku, who's on fire for Leipzig this season in the Champions League, especially. But um, yeah, another target. He wanted to bring him to Leipzig, which he inevitably did as well. So targeting his uh, past players, I think it's not the, probably probably not the worst idea in the world because they were semi-successful in Germany for a, a period of time behind Bayern. Uh, the final two rumours this week, we have Eddie Nketiah uh, from Arsenal who turned down his latest contract offer. His deal currently runs out at the end of the season. Um, so it'll be exciting to see where he probably will end up. Um, no teams have come through at the moment and said that they want him, but I can imagine that there'll be a plethora of teams um, that would be interested in him. Uh, and the final rumour this week is Sven Botman, the uh, Lille centre-back. Uh, Newcastle are interested in the 21-year-old. Um, however, if Lille want to sell him, uh, it would have to be in the summer. If it is on their terms, they would like to sell him in the summer. Um, and it would take a big fee and a big salary. So, again, something Newcastle could manage, but would Botman want to go to Newcastle at this stage? Probably not. I can't imagine a lot of players, especially at a, as so young in their career, 21. Uh, it could be a killer, but... Yeah, um, we can imagine to see a lot more Newcastle ones in the next coming weeks, but that's all for Transfer Whispers this week. Thanks for listening to this episode of the 91st Minute. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at 91 underscore pod. You can follow myself on Twitter at RP underscore shop. And you can follow Tom on Twitter at Thomas Hayes underscore. Our references and contacts are in the description of this podcast. Thanks for listening. Ciao. See ya.